Secret Satan. A seasonal murder mystery in 24 episodes. Written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Chapter 18 So thanks for giving up your lunch for this meeting, I said. I thought you could all do with an opportunity to get cross with me again. What have you done now, Lyneth? said Edie. It's more what I haven't done, I said. We weren't in our usual meeting room this time, but one on the floor below that was tucked out of sight behind a misbehaving printer that no one used. To be fair, this was true of all the printers in the building. The recalcitrance of printers is a constant and inescapable reminder of the gulf between the digital and physical worlds, and just how hard it is to bridge the two. Anyway, this hopefully meant that no one was going to notice us here. We'd taken advantage of both Balls and Radu going out for lunch to have yet another meeting that was for full-time employees only. Is it be normal, said Lem, because I've noticed you not doing that. So, you guys know how terrible my memory is, I said. I'll line us, said Ali. Did you forget to delete that presentation? Did you forget to stop it thinking to the work drive, said Edie. No, and no, I said. It's not quite as bad as that, at least not yet. It's something I forgot for my presentation last time. We're not going to have to sit through another PowerPoint, are we? said Ned. Well, it would help to show you something on screen, I said. No more data, said Lem. I could draw you a chart of how interested I am in your data and it wouldn't have anything on it. It wouldn't be a chart because I'm not interested in charts. Not data, I said, hooking up my laptop to the screen. What I forgot is what I usually forget. I got an email, a Christmas card, in fact, one of our Christmas cards that we're building, a test email, a test sent, and here's the important bit, the bit where it matters that I forgot about it, sent by Tony Flint, after he died. Here, and I put up on screen the original card sent by Tony's dead man's switch. The card that actually started it all, I said. The message that made me start wondering about Tony's death and start investigating. The investigating that distracted me so much that I completely forgot about the card. I swear, said Lem, that there is going to be another murder in this office and it won't be a mystery because I shall run screaming around the building, waving your severed head as a warning to others. You entirely forgot that you received an email from a dead man, said Edie. You'd imagine that sort of thing would stick in the mind. All writers of emails are dead to me, I said, and I'm beginning to think that my experience is not as unique as all that. Was anyone running any tests of the Christmas card system yesterday or this morning? Ali shook her head. Not that I'm aware of. Why? Because Dickie Balls was being very weird with me this morning, asking about test emails being sent out. Oh no, said Edie. You think he got an email from Tony? And hence that even weirder little talking to we got in the meeting, I said. I think Tony scheduled an email to him too, probably with a similar message to the one I got. Accusing one of us of killing him, said Sue. Which one of us did, said Ned. Fortunately, said Edie, Dick is not as clever or more pertinently as nutterly obsessive as Linus. I don't think he's going to work that one out. He doesn't have to, I said. He just has to tell someone who could. Ah, 
I'm just glad it wasn't just me getting those weird cards, said Ned. What? I said. You got a posthumous card from Tony too? I thought it was just him being unpleasant again, said Ned. I thought it was just me too, said Sue. What? I said. You didn't think to mention this when we were discussing who'd done it? Well, if we're doing this, said Edie, I thought it was just me too, and it felt a bit incriminating, to be honest. That's because it is a bit incriminating, I said. It's a lot incriminating. So we, we just have to get into the system and switch off all these dead man switches, right? Said Edie. Linus, you and Sue could probably muddle your way through all that, said Ali. Yes, probably, and yes, we should, absolutely, I said. But that's not enough. We don't know who else he might have sent them to. The suspicions will be out there. Anyone could be looking. So how do we stop them looking? said Ali. We can't, I said. But maybe we can get them looking in the wrong place or in the wrong way. OK, that then, said Ali. How do we do that? Linus does it, said Edie, by doing what he just did, only in reverse. It's just backwards detection, isn't it? Instead of finding clues and so figuring out who's guilty, you decide who's guilty and then put down the clues to point to them. Yes and no, I said. We don't want to actually fit someone up because there are actual clues out there. We know that because I found them and they point to actually not just Ali, but quite a few of us. The last thing we want to do is to suggest that Tony was murdered. We want everyone to carry on thinking it was just a run-of-the-mill heart attack. OK, I'll give you that, said Ali. So again... What do we do? What we need, I said, is not incrimination, but distraction. We need to cast enough suspicion on someone that everyone's looking in the wrong direction, but without suggesting any actual malice. We don't want to frame anyone as a murderer, but we might want to frame someone as, say, a coke dealer, or at least a heavy user, someone who might have supplied Tony with the coke that killed him. In this mail, I pointed at the screen behind me, Tony very clearly alleges that someone in this team is most likely responsible for his death. Create a bunch of evidence that one of us supplied him with the coke that brought on his heart attack, and it'll look like we're fulfilling that prediction. We allay suspicion by casting it in the wrong direction. But who? said Lem. Because it's not going to be me. He's got a point, said Edie. If the aim is to divert suspicion from us, then who do we cast suspicion on? I mean, this is the team. More or less, I said, apart from one or two people. Rado, said Ned. I mean, he comes across as mad enough to do it. Too mad, possibly, I said. He has actual motive too, and besides, no, I, I feel too guilty about how Tony bullied him to do that. I was thinking of someone else. Someone who we very much wouldn't mind getting into serious trouble. Someone we very much might not miss if he got fired because of it. Someone, more importantly, who was a good friend of Tony's and more than likely to have shared drugs with him, if he had had any. Right then, said Lamb. Love it. Let's fit up dick balls. You have been listening to Secret Satan. A workplace mystery presentation in 24 slides, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Our music is Holiday Weasel by Kevin MacLeod from filmmusic.io and our illustrations are by Jamie Lenman, who you can find at jamielenman.com.
Our Christmas stories are on Spotify, YouTube and Substack, and you can find links to all of these on our website, christmasstories.co.uk. Or you can subscribe on your podcast app. Wherever you listen, please take time to rate and review, and make sure you don't miss the next episode of Secret Satan. Secret Satan.